I, we needed a taco emoji. I remember yeah. we didn't have it for so long, and it was like we a boardroom. It. We all wanted oh, the it. basics. Needed it. I, I'm gonna stand by need, and it would be like <laughs> a guy named Greg being like, um, you know, like, hey guys, like, what about a taco emoji? And then someone's like, seventeen clocks, and like, what? Like, they're all the ones that we don't need. Some guy going, suits what about of a cards? Ta- suits yeah. of cards. We need all the phases of the moon. Yeah. We need every single flag. And then Greg's like, how about a taco? And they're like. Greg, pick up your thing. You know yeah. where the eggs are. You're out of here. Yeah. You're a monster. Like, okay. <laughs> it's like silent. Everyone's like, what did you just say? There's like nine versions of someone about to throw up to like a gradual there progression is. of like disgusted face, <laughs> sick, really sick, actual projectile vomiting. Right. And like who's building cityscapes? <laughs> yeah. All, like, and it's like, oh, that's a city at dawn. There's dawn <laughs> and dawn. There really is. And there's and there's like <laughs> antiquated. There's like, oh, there's an old, there's an old timey school. <laughs> 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 oh, Kirsten Larson on the Minnesota Frontier. That's her school. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate, owner founder of Be There in Five, best known for inventing the remind doormat author of Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, a number one new release children's parody book that you can buy on Amazon, and uh, an avid buyer of domains that reflect my personal interests like buffalochickenwrap.com and ranchrank.com. <laughs> Copyright all rights reserved. I always try to say something a little different about myself every week. Um, and lastly, host of the Be There in Five podcast namesake of my company, that really is where we explore all the things that distract me on a daily basis and make me say things like I'll be there in five when I, in fact, just got in the shower. So today I'm so excited because I have co-hosts with me and I, I don't want to call them guests so much as I just want to have a conversation because I love interesting people. <laughs> that, sorry, that sounded like I love fr- like friends, family, food and travel. <laughs> I'm so unique. I love interesting people. Oh, Ever heard of it? Um, <laughs> But uh, anyway, today I have Lindsay Rush and Allie Lefevre, two people that I adore as new friends, but also immensely respect as business women. They are co-founders of a marketing agency called Obedient that has a really uh, brilliant angle that I want them to tell you more about. But they also coast the hugely successful podcast, now called Fangasm, mm-hmm. FKA Poderotica. Yes. Which, similar to my dad wrote a porno, narrates hilariously like earnest fanfic about pop culture, right? So it used to be Harry Potter, now you're in the office. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're basically so smart, so funny, so brilliant. And I like them so much that like after I met them, I told my husband I might just like blow this popsicle stand and ask <laughs> if I can work for you. Because I think what you're doing is amazing and you're so funny and dynamic. And um, I'm so happy you're here. Thank Excited you for to having be us. Be here. No pressure. That was like, yeah. Hope we have to <laughs> live up to it. <laughs> Whenever there's two people, do you want to like say, "I'm Lindsay, I'm Allie," so they know who's talking? Yeah, I'm Allie. I'm Lindsay, and on on Fangasm, we have had people say that we sound similar, but yeah, I've been told I have a lisp, so we'll see if that comes out. <laughs> people like message you saying, "Hey, girl, you have a lisp." Um, no, they've publicly said I have a lisp, but. Um, not, People are so sweet. Not too sure if I actually have one. My mom swears I don't. So. I, think the, I think they were saying, they are trying to be helpful. Like, no, the best way to tell them apart is Allie's lisp and, and Lindsay's low husky. And we are like, okay, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and stop for, describing. For yeah. <laughs> like, Lindsay sounds like a valley girl and Allie has a lisp. We're like, we're like oh, cool, okay. cool, cool. We don't need to know that, but thank you. <laughs> Here's People your rule of thumb. so <laughs> weird about voices I and know. what they find tolerable. And uh, it's crazy. I'm very much like, 
I, I I drop my voice, but now I'm very conscious of the Elizabeth Holmes of it all. Yeah, it's it like, feels like the voice of a kid trying to lower his voice to like call in sick to the school to pretend oh my to be God. his parent. Yeah, you like, are it's so like, right. Oh uh, no, this is Miss. <laughs> no, this is Mr. Rush. Yeah, Lindsay's super sick. <laughs> yeah. There's my there's my killer Elizabeth. So <laughs> accurate. Let my son out of class today. Thanks. <laughs> That's so accurate. Have you? Where did you land on what you're going to do about your propensity for black turtlenecks now that? You know, I wore a red one the other day and it didn't feel right. Mm. Um, I we talked about this the other day how blondes feel cheesy in colors and um, <laughs> primary colors really just I, I, I don't feel like myself. I like to blend in. So <laughs> you and I are both wearing that like army green and black right now, so we're proving our point. Army <laughs> green's like a neutral, right? Stop looking at us. And, yeah, I, I and I'm in mustard. Meanwhile, I have like a full cat eye on. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so shy. <laughs> Don't look at me. Uh, but anyway, I want you guys to kind of explain the background behind Obedient, your marketing agency, why you started it, what it specializes in, and just like, I think it's a great story and a really unique thing that you're doing in a world full of uh, consulting services and digital agencies. Like sure. you were the first people I met that were doing this and I think it's so smart. So please. So I guess to just give a gist of what we do, we're a creative agency that specializes in branding using fun and humor. And um, I, uh, in terms of what started it, I think we well, we can talk a little bit about our backgrounds, I guess, but we both were collectively in industries where we were working with brands and finding that humor was humor and fun was our tool of choice, and we found it a really effective, fun, enjoyable, memorable, differentiating way to brand and market companies. Mm -hmm. And um, I was in more brand strategy, customer engagement, and the, I'm Allie, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> and uh, Lindsay, you can say your background too, I guess. Yeah, so I was running my own. I was a copywriter for about eight years, mm -hmm. um, and I would slowly but surely as I – grew my client roster, I would I would only select clients that wanted to, sort of that conversational tone. And like the more I could push them towards the edge, the better. And as it often is in edits, they're like, we loved that. We're just not really comfortable being that mm -hmm. funny or that X, Y, Z. Anyway, so like that had been something then when Allie and I became friends, we would talk about a ton. And then, you know, over various conversations, we were like, what if we built an entire agency that like that was our niche, like that was our specialization. Mm -hmm. And like, could this work? Could we prove that it worked? Could we convince people to do this? And so that's sort of been the fun challenge and like exciting thing about growing this company is, yeah, like bringing more humor and levity into a world where people are just trying to sell so hard, so. Yeah, we just were, I think we're also just collectively sick of people uh, using fear-based tactics and just preying on the inadequacies and insecurities of their consumer and or being boring or being cliche or, mm. you know, being chaotic in their messaging. And we just thought that they're, that fun sells. There was just a better way to do it that felt slogan, good Company slogan alert. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I know. I'm like fun. at church. I'm like, Threw mm, in that tagline. Yes. Oh, cliche. Fun sells. Me. Hey. I, I oh. like, mm. yeah. <laughs> Preach. Those are all the things that like, they, they enrage me the lack of originality right yeah 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 well and that's how we met you sort of because you practice a ton of what we preach and totally. so it felt like a really natural friendship and collaboration because yeah. I had seen on Instagram one of your media kits going out about your book to an influencer and I told Allie about it and I was like this is so funny because she's just like whoever this is is calling a spade a spade mm -hmm. And it's like all super engaging. It's unlike, it just does catch your attention because you're like, that's so courageous that someone would 
just say like say it like it is and make you laugh in that mm-hmm. in their within their ask and then the next morning we saw you at that um that, festival yeah. so and i was strange. like wait this and so i'm like i mean that it that's effective right and like, i bought your book yeah <laughs> right you were like one of my only sales yeah. that day <laughs> <laughs> a book is a hard sell at a at a craft fair sure. um no that that is so like a weird uh, what's the word like? Oh, synchronicity. Meant to be, yeah. Uh, that was so wild to me because, well, a that box was controversial. Right. Uh, I I paid for it myself and sent it out anyway. But <laughs> I um, I'm kind of of the camp of like, if if I think it, it it's it's a, it's a struggle because I'm sure a lot of your clients you have to push them past what they think is funny to mm-hmm. assure them that the, that their target market will think it's funny. Exactly. But when like you're your brand, I'm kind of like if I think this is funny and if somebody who gets it doesn't and they're kind of eh. yeah, attract yeah. and repel yeah like truly. I'm good yeah I, I, if you honestly open a box and see like a gift for you because you have a lot of followers and I need to sell books and are offended <laughs> like get a life right you know what I mean it's like I, I wouldn't want you promoting the book because then your followers probably won't recognize the humor in it so it's like exactly it ends up being a waste of time and I think that's kind of like the people use fear to market to people but they also um, harbor so much fear of taking risks mm-hmm. with their marketing in doing stuff like that that's the only way you'll ever stand out right Tr- truly I mean if you want to rise you know rise from the noise I mean you have to do something fresh and different and interesting and something no one else has the guts to do or is doing and most people just don't have the balls to shake it up in their industry and that's why we loved like we loved your book and your concept so much it was it was awesome. It was a fresh take on something that we haven't, like, that we just hadn't seen before. So okay. kudos to you. Oh, Do you want to hear another obedient slogan that fits Please. into that? And I feel like now we could turn this into a drinking game for listeners. Anytime yeah. you hear us say something that seems just a little too buttoned up. <laughs> yeah, we have these tattooed <laughs> yeah. on our lower back. <laughs> but, you know, we've had to, like, ideate all of these ways to, like, make people understand this concept. But yeah. similar to what you're saying is we say that standing out isn't a matter of taste. It's a matter of survival. Because right. it's not just because it is like enjoyable and funny and good Mm -hmm. it's because if you look like everyone else and your product is pretty similar to everyone else to expect Mm -hmm. someone to pull you out of a lineup for no reason I think isn't yeah right and most people expect that I think that they're always shocked when oh I have this idea that feels so unique to me and I put it out into the world in a very bland boring (laughs) uh antiquated way why aren't people clamoring to buy from me it's like (laughs) right it's like no one else thinks you're that different than what they've already seen so do you ever watch tv ads and just think like this went through a storyboard and a team <laughs> oh, and a, oh. I, the levels of leadership to like literally be about nothing. It's just like right. a woman smiling next to a washing machine. And I'm like, <laughs> how are you, how are these people being paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this creative? Like I right. used to work in TV advertising and would pursue clients based on the ads I hated. And like, that was my <laughs> big tactic. I think it was annoying. I was like, I bet your brand and messaging recall scores are terrible. They would be. And then we go in and like, <laughs> want to hire me? <laughs> yeah, right. I'd I basically like that. show them teaser data and be because I watch so much TV. Yeah. Um, but you guys do do you you do a lot of the creative? You do the strategy, creative mm-hmm. messaging, like whole song and dance, yeah. right? Online, right. offline. Right. And then um, it sounds weird. Like I read your website all the time. I do, but like <laughs> also I read my own about page like twice a week because I can't remember what I do. Uh, but I, there was something I read at one point that was so interesting about like how uh, what um 
like evokes adrenaline in your system mm-hmm. is like yeah. fear. What what are they? Fear, grief, and laughter. Uh, they stir adrenaline in your system, and they are they are the three emotions that can cause uh, you to lock in an experience and a memory. And so that's like what adrenaline. Yeah, adrenaline does. does. It like it's locks so it cements a memory. So the fun part, like what we always say, is that most people are using fear. No one wants to be the grief guy. So laughter <laughs> is the only one that feels good. Why the hell aren't people doing more of it? Right. Because it works too. So right. yeah. I had never heard that before, but I think that's like the most simple, profound way to think about connecting with people. Yeah. Is like everyone, everyone has so much stuff going on. Like mm-hmm. it's narcissistic to think that they're putting that much thought into anything you're doing. And unless you're adding value to their day, which in my book is really only making me laugh or mm-hmm. making me think. That's yeah. Like the, I feel like you, like, we like think the exact same thing. I, this is the <laughs> I church of humor. <laughs> it is, all it is. accidentally subscribe. But we do, we think that a lot about um, fun and humor being a value give off the bat before you've even asked a consumer to do anything. So instead right. of so it's so much less thirsty than like buy this, click this, subscribe to mm-hmm. this. Even though that messaging is important and is embedded in there, you're also you've already made them laugh or you've made them smile or roll their eyes or something before they've taken any action yeah. and that feels like a nice exchange yeah. instead of just, you know. It's always I always like to think of it as like you're depositing into that relationship bank account before you try to borrow a dollar. Mm-hmm. And most people just aren't doing that. And it's really, it's just like a really, I think, beautiful gift you can give to your potential consumers and just put out in the world. And um, <laughs> another tagline, another yep. slogan. Let's hear it. Like humor is humanizing. Humor is a way to break down barriers and walls and have a honest, vulnerable, truthful conversation with your with your potential customers that so many other mediums don't do mm, or so many yeah. other tactics don't do, rather. So um, it's just a, it's like a really nice way to say like, uh, yes, we're a brand, but we also have like a personality and we have thoughts and ideals and, and it's a way to connect with your customer. That's yeah. super rad. Yeah. I think, be, I think being like a cool, interesting brand on social media is like an impossible ask. Because so it's, it's yeah. like you, you intellectually know it's not a person. Yeah. And it's so hard to transcend that. But then some do. Definitely. Some do. And I feel like it's the few that have openly um, personified. Like who is, is it Pornhub that always comments on comments? Yes, 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 yes. Or, they're great. Um, does Grubhub do it sometimes? Wendy's does it sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's a few that, you, that have such a distinct yes. tone of voice and interact as more of an individual on behalf of a brand, but they don't name themselves. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is new wish and interesting, but yes. rare. And I imagine incredibly hard to hire for. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Because if they're that good, they probably should be like an influencer. Right, and they probably will eventually. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know whose Twitter account I'm like loving these days is Moon Pie. Oh, oh yeah. They're great. <laughs> they're very they were good. just in a... They're out of Nashville. And so when... Really? Th- th- that's like... They're my dream the, sponsor. Yeah. What was the <laughs> Twitter... Th- or uh, dialogue they just got into was it support it was supporting or advocating was it Wendy's no they did get in a a funny little beef they like had something really savage they said back to someone oh god I can't remember but they're great Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, they're (laughs) great they're they're so savage (laughs) like what like out of (laughs) who's like I didn't like, even know where pies existed pie anymore. In this conversation? Oh my god, and like, so good! And like, they're not even owned by some giant parent company. No, they're I just, just moon just, pie. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. 
they're like, for 40 years, we've been putting two corn cakes stuck together with marshmallow dipped in chocolate. That is good. But that's the proof. There's like the proof that like you can. We're talking about moon pie right now. Yeah. And that's because they did something weird and different that you didn't expect from them. Yeah. Exactly. so funny. Like, what do you guys think are the, the lamest attempts at humor like I guess that's kind of the weird part is like you got to commend people for trying for sure yeah it's very hard to make it land it I feel is. like an, uh, an anecdote that comes to mind is the <laughs> do you remember was it two years ago or last year that when Kentucky Fried Chicken ran out of fried chicken oh, yeah. in the UK I think it was last year was it yeah, I just yeah. remember it was a full page ad so they ran out of fried chicken and people were furious which I was like <laughs> I did not know that people were still like diehards no. and not to mention I'm picturing like sophisticated British people like furious that they can't get their KFC. I, I would call KFC America's backup. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have to say, are we sure this was not in America? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Allie and I joke about, I feel that way about Burger King. Like every oh. Burger King, they could have been out of business and burned to the ground for seven years and you'd be like, I would not notice them. Like I could drive by it and Same. you'd be like, what's that building there? I'm like, I see nothing. There's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I did Burger King is not on my radar at all. Fries are garbage. And see, I feel like that about McDonald's. And she thinks Burger King fries are the best. I think they're the best. Whoa, they cook them in a very bizarre oil. I'm into it. Because then they're I'm really the crispy. Oil. They're sort of like Dairy Queen fries, yes. if we're honest. Really yeah. crispy with like a really mashy yeah, potato yeah. inside. A DQ fry. <laughs> <laughs> So something you hear me for a hottie, it's okay. <laughs> I like where this podcast is going. <laughs> I'm trying to disrupt the DQ. Yeah, Everyone's seriously. doing cool treats, and I'm over here doing hottie. <laughs> so what KFC tried to do, they did an apology, like little ad. Oh, so good. And But the first, the one that everyone knows is the one that did well, but the one that happened the day before, they did a, like, why did the chicken cross the road? And it was like, it sure, it sure wasn't to come to KFC. It was something, but that... They were trying to be playful, and it was like, so sorry. The chicken will be crossing the road soon or something like that. And everyone was like, morbid. Like, we don't want to think about, like, yeah. people did not like it. And so then oh, you don't want to think about like the a real chicken. Yeah, yeah. They, you don't want to think about that's what you're about to eat once we're back in stock. Right. <laughs> right. They didn't want to be like, oh, God, is that why the, how the chicken will come here? You know, so yeah. but like, people sorry, don't know. Colonel Sanders is out with a bypass <laughs> surgery. I'll <laughs> <Right. laughs> be back soon. Like, everyone was like, Ugh. And so to me, they could have just gone, guys, humor isn't for us. We should just do like a really formal apology. But then they doubled down and it was a full page ad in. No pun intended. And it said. It's, oh my god it was what was that sandwich double called? down it was called it yeah. was called the double down yeah Remember it had no bread. chicken for oh bread. wow <laughs> that's when we knew like uh, paleo and atkins had like gotten out of control wow <laughs> um so the, but also it's breaded yeah <laughs> it's, kind, right. it's kind of the same so as bread what, so then what was it's it they're kind of just it's consolidating for, the bread and the meat yes for a it, central experience it, it no, truly is. don't try to make it sound fancy a central experience it was wait hold on chicken on both outsides yeah yep. oh yeah breaded though I, and then like and an then egg like situation i think wasn't it cheese, like cheese maybe cheese pickles something oh, i thought it was I almost know, breakfast uh adjacent oh i don't think it was breakfast that's interesting i wonder why there was an egg on my <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Oh my gosh. I hope that we look it up later and it's never been a breakfast thing and they just gave And it's not even a real option. Last time I ate one was in New York City and like times are tough if you're in New York City and eating a yeah. KFC. So I have absolutely no idea. But no, that oh. I actually didn't even see that campaign, but that's like really interesting. So no, it wait, didn't so land. Then the, then the one that did well said FCK. We're so sorry. And it was like, I, I, we, I talk all, all the time about being in that room when they're all like, 
KFC. <laughs> KFCF, no. And then someone was like, oh my God. Oh, killed to, to be at that like, table. And, so, and then that one, you know, all the publications were talking about it. People were retweeting. And so that one, so then sometimes I think humor is about being like, wait, this still is the right tactic. We just have to have a different tone of voice and a different approach. And right. So, yeah. Yeah, people can get burned if the first time it doesn't work, I'd totally. imagine. And like your, like, you know, kind of straight-laced leadership, I'm sure, steps into. I think that's a big problem for a lot of companies. Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, you guys would know yeah. <laughs> more than I do. Well, it's usually like we, you know, we work with a director of marketing or someone making those mm-hmm. sort of decisions, and we're like 90% of the way done with the project, and they're like, we're just going to run this by leadership, and you're like, right, but they don't know the background know. of months of strategy oh, we've painful. done with you, everything you've bought bought into the reason behind all this stuff and they're just like what I don't get it and you know and you're like no and then sometimes it's like well what if we just change this word and you're like ah and you change the whole tone. joke and <laughs> what tone. if we just change this one punchline yeah, yeah okay. right. well now it's not a joke anymore yeah, it's not sure. funny anymore right. okay but thanks sure they're like have you seen this meme where <laughs> yeah. Uh, totally. yeah it's definitely not willy-nilly it's really funny actually the um, so when we do like an initial kickoff strategy calls with clients, often they're like, oh, I cannot wait to have a rip roar and good time on this call. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I hate to break to you. It's not really going to be that funny till the end. It's, and so I think that they sometimes come into the process thinking like <laughs> we're doing like a stand-up act during yeah. our presentation. And it's very, you know. I like picture them with popcorn. Yeah. And, like, and you're like, so now we're going to talk about your business goals. This, this part just has it's to like, be serious. It's very right. strategic. And we're like, you know, dissecting your, your goals and your. Uh, you know elements of your brand and and it's just so funny I always find it hilarious when people really think that it's like start to finish like uh you know jokes 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 and it's it's not I mean everything we present has a humor component but it's definitely done in a very you know thoughtful strategic smart you know process oriented way it's just it's just uh, always funny because I don't think people always get that or think that do you feel pressure to feel funny to like be act funny be funny um I think no I mean not to toot our own horn. I think we're, enjoy, you know, we are playful and fun with our clients. Yeah. So I think that is kind of peppered in. And plus all of our materials, everything's kind of fun and enjoyable and entertaining. So they they get it. But yeah, I don't feel pressured to be doing like a tap dance and like backflips and uh, telling one-liners during our client calls. Oof, that would be so yeah. awesomely cringy to listen to. <laughs> Which know. I might do at the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just flew in from Dallas and boy, my arm's tired. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> and this is the day that our agency shuttered. <laughs> that joke. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that. Zing. Um, uh, we were Because ta- we were talking earlier before we started recording about how Lindsay and I have incredible, like, phone anxiety. <laughs> and Allie, like, is so comfortable talking to clients, <laughs> pushing back. And I, and you mentioned, like, you use humor a lot to be like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, we can do that impossible ask in yeah. no time for no yeah. money. And I'm like, you know what? If somebody responded to me that way, I'd be receptive to it. And I never really thought about, like, you know, kind of, it's a good diffuser. Because your default setting is, like, professionalism. Yeah. But my argument is that people want to work with people, not, like, robots mm-hmm. of people. Yeah. And, I like, I have issues with a lot of things with, like, manners and etiquette and professionalism. And, like, basically shedding yourself of your personality, I think, is hurting you oftentimes mm-hmm. more than it's helping you. Um, but I can, like... 
I, I don't know. I, I I just think about like when I'm trying to present myself as a likable person, I sound like a effing moron. Like you know, like right. when you're trying to like get somebody to like you or be like think you're funny or yeah. whatever. It's very it's yeah. very difficult. And I think if you're natural on the phone, you're just not going to worry about it. Whereas I will probably like <laughs> script out something god awful. I mean, I can remember that my phone anxiety has gone back. So I remember in. I guess it had to have been like freshman year of high school. I knew that a boy that I liked was going to call me after school. And I wrote down <laughs> oh God. so many, all the t- topics of conversation <laughs> that I could think of in case there was a pause. There is this iconic oh. scene in season one of Girls. Oh, my God. Um, where Hannah Horvath, right? Yeah. Hannah, <laughs> Hannah looks in the mirror before she's going on a date, and she says something like, you do not have to fill every pause that happens in conversation. And she says, she says, the worst thing that you say is better than a lot of the best things that people say. <laughs> so she's like giving herself this pep yeah. talk. And I just remember my phone anxiety stemming from this idea that like if he was going to go like, blah, 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 so Mr. Jenkins class, and then we'd pause it, I'd have to be like, the bulls are doing well. <laughs> and then I'd be like, scratch out. And I'd be like, spring break. Like, oh, like it's a presentation. My God. I he think I just it. turned off my headphones. Sorry. I don't think so. They're to, the knob is to the left. Yeah, but I, there was like something I just clicked right here. And now my headphone came off. I just want to make sure I'm not messing with anything. <laughs> no, I think the uh, part for me that's tough, maybe Allie can give us pointers, mm-hmm. is give it, getting <laughs> off the phone keeps me up at night when you're like yeah well th- great talk and yeah I'll, I'll follow up with this I'll shoot you that deck and uh, yeah have a good weekend enjoy yeah yeah oh you gotta suck oh yeah, mm-hmm. All the yeah you gotta suck. <laughs> and it takes like 20 minutes to get off the phone that kill that it kills me because I don't want to be the person that's too abrupt and cuts it off right but like you know you, 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 once a person's bidding you you're gonna yeah. respond yeah and I it just takes me so long and I don't know if it's me or them Oh my God. I like love hearing you guys talk about this. I think, I feel like I could talk to a house plant for two hours straight and not even <laughs> flinch. <laughs> well, it's weird. Um, I, I like do this podcast solo yeah, most of yeah. the time. I like to talk to myself, but I <laughs> take such comfort in knowing nobody's there in real time. Yeah. In terms of your, how do you wrap up a call? I always find that for me, it's always, well, this has been so fun talking with you. <laughs> that is my segue out. And it feels like an, I feel like everyone collectively understands what that means. Right. Without having to state it. You're it's so right because it's flattering. It's, the yeah. fl- it's like the sigh, the wrap up, the flattery. The and I think it's like also good. <laughs> Like it's it's like reading a conversation. Like I wouldn't go, oh, you know, we're we're hanging on by a thread here, or these people still want to talk like a lot more. But it's like I gotta protect my time, and I don't want this to end weird. So let's just right. end it now while we're at a at a high. <laughs> I always use the hard stop. Yeah. I've, I've like literally never had a hard stop in my life. <laughs> oh God, I have another call happening in like yeah. the next two minutes. Oh, I'm running late already. I feel, like I, don't ha- I feel like starting calls is harder for me than ending them. But I feel like in the past when I had to take client calls. It would be like, uh, I would re-say like what I'm going to do and what they're going to do, like a next steps thing. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Well, okay, so I'm going to get you that proposal, and you guys are going to send me over the pitch, and then we will talk soon. And then they go, great, all right, bye. That's it. <laughs> they're like, oh, oh, okay, all right. And then I hang up the phone yeah, and I throw into the, the ocean, <laughs> start a new life, <laughs> and then I move to another country under yeah. your name. <laughs> Um, the, no, it's that it's the moment between the talk soon and the hanging up. It's like mm. uh, the, the hanging up is what kills me. It's like <laughs> you uh, there's 12 salutations in between that time, yeah. and I just don't know how, like, as a country, we can overcome this. Do you like talking on the phone at all? 
Uh, I talk to my mom, my sister, yeah. and like my consulting clients. Like if yeah. I'm trying to sell somebody something or yeah. if I'm the person that needs to be impressed, I have a very hard time being like firm and honest yeah. and vocal. You yeah. know what I, f- I find that I, whenever I'm on a sales call, so I do the sales calls for our company, mm-hmm. um, I always go into the conversation without any intention of I'm going to close this deal or I have to win this client. It's just how do I educate, share what we do, and let them know that very honestly, like we can either help you and support you and take you where you need to go or not. And so I think that I've tried really hard to take my ego out of the equation Mm -hmm. and not feel like every person has to like what we do or every person has to sign with us. And that seems to be a much more relaxed, comfortable, honest conversation. And also I think I can feel that from on the other end is they don't feel pressure. They don't feel sold to. 100%. Yeah. I, I, being sold to is like the biggest turnoff like, to me. And I don't understand yeah, who likes sure. it. Who's it working for? I don't the, know why people do it. Like, how do you not, can't you read the room and come Right. Triple? The structure of like, like problem discovery. Like, yeah. how much time are you spending on XYZ? Oh, I'm gosh. Like, oh, God. It's so, oh, God. I don't know. I, I don't know if you've ever been in a sales training class. I've been in so many. And I'm like, I sit there only to actively do everything that the they're opposite. T- the, yeah, the exact opposite. Oh, I hate them. Yeah. I don't, I think that, uh, oh, we were talking about that with the subject lines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. asked a lot of you, you guys on Instagram, like, what would you, like, um, what makes you open an email? And, like, if you're listening to this podcast, like, what would you say? And I got the, like, funniest responses, things I completely disagree with. Yeah. And, like, a lot of conflicting, right? Like, people would say, I love this and I hate this. Yes. Oh, like I want to A hear. lot of diehard pe- people think you should use emojis. And so, somebody said that the, where she works, <sighs> they found that there's it's like data-backed, that emojis work in terms of opening emails. But to me, they're very like um, coals. Like, spring is here, flower, yeah. flower. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like a lot of small off. clothing boutiques that I some, like if I've mm-hmm. ever bought a shirt in the last seven years and I still get there like, yeah. this is what's happening at blah, 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 mm-hmm. they use emojis. I also think that there's, this is going to sound so nerdy, but a lot of um, email platforms don't, don't support their use. So uh, I yes. think that people, that's probably a good thing that they are still less familiar and less expected because not everyone can send them out. Well, yeah. <laughs> like that, what emoji would, I'm like, can't even think of what emoji I would use. Like I'm, the, I know the three like water topic. droplets in like a tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we Just go. go. All so, the way over there. It's eggplant. So, eggplant with a squirt. I was actually looking for an emoji of like a face and like with two fingers like pointing like that kind of thing. And they don't have that. And I think that's really would be helpful. I think the finger gun is on its way. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, double gun. Yeah. The, um, the other thing with <laughs> just the, a little pre- hot, a hot take from Obi. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I literally it's started trading, but it's coming. <laughs> I think I am like I've actually Googled before, like who makes em- emojis, like who is who, who are the people that are sitting. Yeah. Like like you said earlier about the boardroom, I like I have that um, role play in my head a lot of when I like there's an idea or a thing, and I'm like, who is behind this? Like ideating, totally. like we need a peach. It's gotta be a butt. <laughs> Like, <laughs> or like, I remember doing a dumb tweet about this when the taco, mo- we, uh, we needed a taco emoji. I remember yeah. we didn't have it for so long and it was like we a boardroom. It. We all wanted oh, the it. The basics needed it. I- I'm going to stand by need. And it would be like a guy named Greg being like, um, you know, like, hey guys, like what about a taco emoji? And then someone's like, 17 clocks. And like, what? Like they're all the ones that we don't need. And then, oh, I guess no the punchline was that some guy going, suits what about a tar- Suits yeah. of cards. Yeah. All the phases of the moon. Yeah. We need every single flag. And then Greg's like, how about a taco? And they're like, 
Greg, pack up your thing. You know yeah. where the exit is. You're out of here. Yeah. You're a monster. Like, <laughs> it's like silent. Everyone's like, what did you just say? There's like nine versions of someone about to throw up to like a gradual there progression is. of like disgusted face, <laughs> sick, really sick, actual projectile vomiting. Right. And like who's building cityscapes? <laughs> yeah. All, like, and it's like, oh, that's a city at dawn. There's dawn <laughs> and dusk. There really is. And there's, and there's like <laughs> antiquated. There's like, oh, there's an old, there's an old timey school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kirsten Larson on the Minnesota frontier. That's her school. Yeah. I no, totally. I think um about that song by Four Non Blondes. It's called What's Up. Oh yeah. It's a, like and I said, hey. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I it, sitting down in in a writing session and being like, okay, I, I've got it. <laughs> and I said, hey, a a a a hey hey hey. I said, hey. <laughs> What's going on? Like, that is the chorus. And they're like, like yes, it's a hit, in. number one. Love it. Call L.A. Reed. Like, like I, I just don't get how people, with the stuff like the taco emoji, one of my social media pet peeves is how, I don't want to say just women do this, but they kind of do. <laughs> um, they're kind, it's kind of that whole vibe of like, I'm not like other girls. All I do is eat tacos. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. pizza. I, like, I hate you don't understand how rampant that is on dating apps. Really? Like, yeah. My guy oh, friends yeah. tell me that they're like, when did girls start basing a personality out of liking tacos? Like, when did that happen? <laughs> it's like guys and passports. Yes. And I hear that girls talk about tacos not in a sexual way all the time on dating apps. That's hilarious. Oh, I believe that. It's or kind pizza. of it, It's like everybody... I think there should be a consulting agency to write people's like boilerplate on dating apps. For sure. Because I think it's it's hard to convey tone it, and it's hard everybody wants to be like I'm quirky but normal. Mm. I'm not like other girls. Right. But mm. not like Doesn't in a weird way. Doesn't always come through way. that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> when you have to say it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's like, like when guys are like not into drama and you're like, well, if you want to I w- that wasn't even going to cross my mind. Yeah. But if you <laughs> have to say you're not into drama, you're, you love you drama. Are drama. You're yeah. swimming in it. <laughs> yes, people that talk about drama Occasionally, people that talk a lot about toxic people mm-hmm. are toxic people. Right. Like, there, those people definitely exist, but like on Housewives and like Vanderpump Rules and the show I watch, they're like, you're toxic <laughs> to everybody. And I'm like, your you're being is literal poison. Like, yeah. How do you even right. like function as a person? That's as called a delusional toxic. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Wait, so what are your like pet peeves of what other companies, how they use social media? You don't have to name them, but like mm. th- things that are tired, cliche, or just like straight up not funny. I mean, I, th- I think that by the time a brand catches wind of slang or a meme, it's like six months too late, totally. usually, mm-hmm. unless they have a dedicated person. And then even then, if they're trying to wedge what they do into the square peg of that like Salt funny bay. idea mm-hmm. of what? Salt Bay. <laughs> right. If that doesn't have anything to do with you. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example of like a really tired meme. Thank you, Next. Yeah, Thank You, Next was like a big one that got really overplayed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And the three people that it's like, me, you, this other thing, but I I still don't get what it means. Oh, Uh, it was the one where the the girls looking at her boyfriend look at another girl. Oh, yes. Yeah. I guess just when it has nothing to do with what you do and to be like, TJF, we're all getting pizza, right? But I guess I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes, maybe sometimes people want that from the place Mm -hmm. they buy their skincare. I just... Social media is so, is the wild, wild west. It like, is. And I think, too, like, what's weird 
that you kind of brought up earlier is like some people might think that's funny and might mm-hmm. really like it. And a lot of those huge meme accounts, like the fat Jew of mm-hmm. the world, a lot of that stuff's like, <laughs> like, you know, fine. It would not like LOL, crazy funny. Mm-hmm. And I think the hyperbole culture of social media mm-hmm. in, uh, discourages quality because yep. you put up the most generic meme that every other meme account's posted and everyone's like, tombstone, tombstone, skull, 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 dagger, 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 it's, oh, if everyone's liking this, I should probably like it too. Or if everyone thinks it's funny, I should probably think it's funny too. And I still wonder, question, how many are actual likes? How many are, they're still inflating their numbers? They're still have all these automated apps that are pushing likes to it. So like, they're building up enough likes so other people see all those likes and then they may feel more compelled to like it. No, totally. It's It's such a mind game. The other thing that we kind of talked about the other night that I think is like really fascinating. And you had a friend that actually posted something really good about it is Mm. um, like the kind of manufacture, the commoditization of vulnerability Mm, that I'm obsessed with as it relates to like bloggers and Mm. hashtag real talk. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm, you know, like I'm going to open up, let my guard down. I too like suffer from adult acne. It's like, Mm -hmm. like, and then buy something here. It's the craziest thing that I feel like, People are just kind of catching the fraud of it all. But there's Mm -hmm. a lot of bloggers, influencers, too, that, like, still find that to be so vulnerable. They're not even there yet. Yeah. It's it's contrived authenticity by manufactured vulnerability. We call it vulnerability marketing. Yeah. Yes. It's – and you're asking, like, what is – you know, what are our collective pet peeves? I'd have to say that that's the one that bothers me the most. It's like, here's a story I've never shared before. Or – Three years ago, I would have never been able to post this. Mm-hmm. Or um, mm-hmm. I've only told this to my husband. Or guys, she, I looked at my inbox and she yes. said something that broke my heart. It's like, <laughs> it, it feels like you're taking this like moment that could be real and you're positioning it and manufacturing in a way to like serve you. And I just yes. think it feels really gross right or even if the story itself this is I think why it's such muddied water Mm -hmm. I imagine even for the people using it I imagine you go you go back and forth of like how much are they aware that they're using this in order to sell or grow and how much are they aware of them like believing what they're saying I think is is more gray than we think I would imagine like I I like to give people the benefit of the doubt I think there are some I have some that I know of that you're like I know exactly that you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. But if you are doing it because you see other people who are brands who are growing doing it and for the sole purpose to in, to bring people in, then to me that does take away from the authenticity and vulnerability of why you're mm-hmm. sharing that moment. Yeah. And I think you're so right, Lindsay. It's like it is such it is such great because I think there are people that open up and share parts of their lives and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it it lets people be more open in their own lives and it is healing and it is it is does feel good to feel like I'm not alone. Like all of that, I commend and I think is wonderful. I I do think it, it's the people who are using it uh, that that sometimes I think it's there, when they're using it in a way that they aren't even healed through it. Like I don't think we should share a part of ourselves or share a story necessarily if we haven't gotten through it to some degree. Like right. we aren't able to reflect back on it, or we aren't healed. Like we don't have to be perfect, right? But I do think there's something about uh, either putting just 
dumping all the parts of you on the internet. Mm -hmm. And then I also think that there is people who do it in a very manipulated way and then are like hashtagging their divorces and hashtagging. And like, that's okay. Like people want to understand they're not alone, but you sometimes wonder what's the fine line between sharing a part of yourself and, and allowing people to um, relate to your experiences. And then, and then it'll be like, you know, hashtagging a, a really difficult part of yourself and saying, like, if you empathize or like if you agree. And it feels oh. like that's a tactic that to me look like it Remember no longer looks. Remember the one I saw that was double tap if you're praying for us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So to me, to, when you connect, right, that's the thing. That's when the you're thing, connecting yeah. it to growing a post, that that's where it gets problematic. I mean, there are entire Instagram classes that teach this. This is how I, we know that this yeah, exists we know it's because like people thing, go, yeah. people take these, how to grow your following. And one of the, it's like day three, Share, share something that is really vulnerable for you that not everyone would know. And then, so it's like then the, on the good side, I am happy for people that can share things and yeah. find community and all that stuff. But like, yeah, it's so tricky. Oh, Do you, see, totally. you see it a lot too, don't you? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like I obsessively follow bloggers and influencers yeah. because mm-hmm. I just am obsessed with them as like the modern celebrity that like nobody will ever give the credit of being one, but they completely are one. Yeah. So I actually, I'm in, I, I'm in this weird camp of like, I, I trivialize so much of it, but I'm not naive enough to deny its contribution. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think it just isn't, um, like, I want to write a thesis on, like, on when somebody gets really big on social media, and especially when you go, like, what makes you follow, then what makes a follow transition to a hate follow, and then a hate follow to an unfollow? Mm-hmm. Because I think some audiences, there's like, it's like a graph, and the bigger you get, and the people that got to you big can no longer relate, relate to you. Mm-hmm. They start to hate follow you. Right. Mm. And then I think there's this long-term trajectory where at one point they're going to drop off. And I think there's like an interesting thing there of like influencer growth and sustainability strategy. Because yeah. if like a lot of these people, if you've been an influencer since you graduated college, like A, all your eggs are in the baskets of media properties you don't own. And B when you get older and if this gets old and if you don't have content or I don't know, like you're going to be an older person one day that might not want to be like OOTDing right. mm. all the time. <laughs> What's your career going to be? You become Winkle. Who is that? Who's like the cool ass grandma. I follow her. I do not follow the any grandma, grandmas. The and grandma that's an, blogger? Is she like oh, small and Italian? Uh, she's really funny. She's, she's always in like cool jumpsuits. Oh, no, no. I know what you're talking about. Oh. She wears like wild, colorful clothing. She's like a... <laughs> partier she's Does like she wild. have a website on like angel fire <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah she's gonna look up her zanga it's like <laughs> oh i hate that i guys listening don't hate follow people just unfollow them that doesn't feel good hate follow is the wrong word yeah but i know people do that though i do that uh, <laughs> <laughs> no but it, but it, but i i don't mean it in terms of i hate them it, it's like it's it's not because they're relatable. It's because they're a spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it, a different level it's of a voyeuristic of yeah. thing almost. I hear that. Okay. Because I'm impressed by what they've done and I can't relate to it at all. Mm-hmm. And I cannot believe how much money they spend and how many purses are in their closet and how they don't realize how off putting it is to the people of America mm-hmm. that you need like 12 Birkins or like your one year old daughter. Like Stormy Webster was carrying a $12,000 purse <laughs> a couple days ago. And like, it's not that it's her job to make us all feel secure about our situations, but it is her job to acknowledge her level of influence and the majority of her followers are nowhere close to that position. Yeah, right. And too much of that is like, the thing is, but people are never going to unfollow Kylie Jenner. So that's like, it doesn't really matter for her. But there are those certain 
bloggers, I think you and I follow a lot of them, where once upon a time it was these outfits and it was like, a mi- <laughs> the high-low was like <laughs> old oh navy. Like what was the high? Like old navy and something and you were like, like oh, Jay wow. Cruz, the high. Yeah, the high. And so, you know, we're 22 and we're like, oh, she's putting all these outfits together. Look what she can do with this one denim shirt in five <laughs> ways. Like that was the level. And then they grow and they grow and they grow. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm like thinking of a very specific one. But then they are starting to get sponsorships and gifts that the and and their income is growing so they're they're doing they're being authentic cuz they're living what they're living but the people that follow them in the first place or suddenly their skincare routines are so 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 skin different and extravagant <laughs> and so so it is Plain that gap skincare routines <laughs> it is that gap though because then the, all these people that follow them and and then they miss them and they they write i w- i miss when you mm-hmm. xyz and i don't i don't know what i would do if i were those like brands but do, do you, you have think to evolve do you think it's because that as you watch someone grow there's like an insecurity and an inferiority that I no longer can relate like is that the the feeling of like yeah I no longer feel like this person I used to feel like I was on an even even playing field with I now feel uncomfortable in their presence or I feel like I'm questioning my own life in their presence or yeah I, think I no longer un- feel like I can aspire like the aspiration has now. I think that's part me. of it, but I also think there's a part of internet culture that is very greedy and that says, "What are you doing for me?" Yeah, even if yes. it's for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and we run yeah. into that with we certain things that, where yeah. there there's this entitlement that's going, "What you? D- I no longer relate to what you do, therefore it's bad." Or yeah, you yeah, have yeah. now risen the ranks in X Y Z, and I find that like unethical. I or can't get what I you need can't, from yeah, you. Yeah, you used to serve me, inspire me, make me laugh, X, Y, Z me, and now you don't, and I'm the only person that matters. Like that's yeah, someone 100%. who consumes the internet. Yeah, I hear that. I think too, I liken it to when um, the the first fans of like a band and they have a small <laughs> indie <laughs> following and then they go mainstream and the fans become bitter. Yeah, yeah you there, sold out. There's and, a, yeah. yeah, a sellout factor, a bitterness with popularity that I think is inevitable that... I, I, I don't know. I just think about this a lot because everybody wants to be successful. But like that's my nightmare is people being like you sold out. Mm-hmm. You lost touch. Yeah. Like, you're not really relating to us anymore. But the, you need to evolve as a person and you do get busier. And it, it's it, I don't know. To your point, you guys have done a podcast for so long mm-hmm. before podcasts were even like a thing. Yeah. I feel like. yeah. How long? No, how long no, ago no. Not before they were a thing. Two, two and a half years. Yeah. Well, I feel like podcasts, like in the past year or two, yeah, oh, there literally is. everybody has yes. a podcast. Yeah, it, like, God yeah. forbid if I don't hear from Lauren Conrad. Yeah. <laughs> I do agree that I feel like when we had a podcast, it was popular. There was, you know, we were listening to them. But in the last year, it really feels like every person and their brother It's a media strategy one. of every yeah. influencer as well. I feel like yeah. they're like, they're managers are like okay what what's yeah. gonna be your angle for your podcast like, yeah for sure. and like everybody likes to hear themselves talk I, right. I don't think it's like the craziest thing to want to have one but um I think one of my big pet peeves too kind of with what you're saying about the high low outfits I'm obsessed <laughs> with repackaging the most generic ideas as if they're unique yeah <laughs> Like, I have this really fun segment on the blog today, denim shirt five ways. It's right. like, oh, my God. Like, how many times can we read one of those articles? It really is. Like, it, sometimes it makes me think the world is so big that they're, like, that that many things that are that similar can thrive. Yeah. Like, it's true. true. <laughs> you're, you're so right. Like, yeah. that, that is wild to me that because someone's, someone has followed, someone has loyalty to this person who is doing the same thing, you know, like, yeah, this five ways or like how I, um, how I made my morning routine more efficient, 10 things mm-hmm. I do to like slow down at night. Like mm-hmm. these are, we, you, we could name hundreds of 
lifestyle blogs right. and personal blogs that have done it yeah. successfully. So, successfully. Well, and I, there's always like a new person it, like learning about that stuff for the first True. time. Right? And I also think too is like, I think we are a culture of people who just can never get full. Mm-hmm. So like, mm. oh, that's skincare routine. But maybe if this 10 ways to do my skincare routine is a better routine, then what about this 10 ways? Like maybe mm-hmm. they've captured something I've missed. So I think there's this fear of like, could it be better? Could I be doing it better? Is there, a, you know, is there a missing piece that I don't understand or know yet? So I think that's why yeah. like it'll always thrive. That's a good point. And that could be a good or bad thing. It's like we're a greedy culture and we want more, more, more. But also that's really re- encouraging for content creators that like, there's a place in the sky for everybody. There's always room. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I am the biggest proponent of uh, innovation on stale categories. Just because it's ubiquitous doesn't mean it doesn't need to be shaken sure. up. Mm-hmm. Like sure. I make doormats. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the most like metaphorically boring, like walk all over thing you could do. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's a weird balance because I, I think social media is fascinating and the commentary on it's fascinating. And I don't ever want to be like too negative or like I'm hating on everything everyone does because like I'm annoying on it all the time too. Like there's, you kind of have to be. But I, I think my biggest thing is it's not that I'm hating on things to make fun of people. It's that I just, I wish people would focus more on adding value. I wish people would be like, is somebody going to leave this better off? Mm-hmm. Right. Leave this post, leave this story, whatever. And it doesn't have to be profound. Like, I mean, you guys know the stuff I post. Like, it's just, it's it's literal nothingness. But it's... That's not true. The geography... <laughs> Mimal. That was amazing. I want to be Mimal's PR girl. <laughs> <laughs> I've I never heard of Mimal. Mimal. Have you heard, have you of, heard Mimal? of Mimal? No. It's the man in the middle of the U.S., Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana. It looks like a man's side profile. It's like how oh, you remember never... what's in the middle and then... You can like fill in the blanks easier yeah. on either side. Oh, I've it's, never heard it was, of that tool. She Mimal. did like how many stories did you do on it, and then you expanded all the ways to remember all the states. To me, all the mnemonics that's wholesome and content. Content. <laughs> There was like a week God. where I got really into meteorology in the fall, and people were like, "I missed your weather reports." <laughs> I'm like, I gotta, I need to like reel it in. But no, I was appalled because there was a BuzzFeed quiz, and uh, it, the clickbait headline was like you'll be lucky if you can get 20 right and all the co- uh, of the 50 states their locations and all the comments it wasn't were like, like we'll be impressed I got if you can nine. get 20 right I got uh, what? I really? was wow. like oh my god how how do you not know where the states are like yeah i i it capitals are tough carson city like there's i mean it's like it's <laughs> tough nevada. to remember carson city nevada right, <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like the states okay I, that's unforgivable to me and that's alarming to me and that, yeah. those are the type of things like if and when i'm a parent i'm just going to be like lock your child in a room and force them to study a like learn topical geography map. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, we, uh, they're like sleeping in a map of the united states okay? yeah I, and i like them. had a moment during that story i was like am i being like a geography snob and i'm like is that a thing <laughs> I don't know. What is people's baseline level? Right at URL. Geographysnob.com. I'm like, Vermont looks like a V. Wait, tell me about your ranch URL. What did it, what is it? Oh, yeah. Um, Like the dressing or the the dressing? Yeah. I I own like a crap ton of domains. If I like have an idea, I'll hop on Mm -hmm. real fast, grab the domain. And uh, ranchrank.com. Ranch rank. Yeah. What I want it to be is, impl- <laughs> if you take this, I will come after you. Uh, all rights reserved. Um, people are going to be this like, our next uh, I'm good. <laughs> take notes. Um, <laughs> I want it to be a uh, Yelp for dipping sauces. Oh, 
Oh, so wow. when uh, like the only dipping sauce Allie likes is aioli. Yeah, but aioli. I mean, better be number one. Garlic, or I'm truffle, out. chipotle. I mean, there's so many ways you can go with an aioli, and oh, I would go true, to a restaurant. True if well-known for that aioli. Yeah, sure. And I think with real ranch lovers, there's a real balance of, of herbs, of dill, of buttermilk, oh, of ranch not, is, of thinness. No ranch is Greek yogurt. the same. Yeah, no, yeah. And like, I really have a problem with the hidden valleys of the world. Like, I really love a restaurant made from scratch ranch oh, from the sure. packet. And yeah. I just think there needs to be a tool where enthusiasts <laughs> can find the best ranch dips in their city. In addition to things like queso, people love queso. Yeah. I, and I think it, it could be a broader idea of like so often when I'm looking for a restaurant it's not about an outstanding culinary experience it's about ambiance it's about all the things like that are in Yelp's but like thing like good for groups but it doesn't really help the best ambiance for ranch <laughs> well, so, right. well it's like all I I, I want to Yelp for dipping sauces condiments maybe apps I don't know and then a Yelp specifically for like lighting and like mm-hmm. twinkle lighting and I, outdoor patios I and agree like adorable really Yelp photos inside outside photos mm-hmm. like because they're by yes. they're by users yeah. and then you can see because if you look at a restaurant's Instagram they're all going to be gorgeous photos mm-hmm. but you got to look on Yelp's inside outside because people with just their you know yeah have yes. just taking pictures and you're like oh that's what it's actually like i like i really care about environment mm-hmm. and, I do too. and yeah it's hard to i con- want a category for are are any is anybody standing you know i always talk about stand-up bars yeah you have like, a thing for that i do because I, do. I feel like it's a little more energetic if you're with more than like two people and you don't just want to like as your group grows you don't want to be at a fancy cocktail bar and just have everyone spread out like you want there to be some and there mm-hmm. just aren't it's just an energy lot. it's yeah. like an energy of a bar yeah so you prefer to stand yeah, if I'm with one or two friends, I'll like to sit sometimes. But also, I'm single, so standing is conducive to like mm. you're putting the vibe Grinding. out. There's like I'm like people are mixing around. There's a little more. Yeah, mm. past past nine, I'd like to stand. I think that's fair. Plus, there are some jeans that you only look good standing in. You have standing going out jeans that look better standing than sitting. So like yes. you gotta know. That's a great point. There are standing and sitting outfits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You true. have to know, like, if, oh shoot, I thought we were going to be like standing and this was long, but now that I'm sitting, that doesn't like show that off as well. And yeah, that's an interesting criteria. Uh, <laughs> add it, add it to your, add it to the well, ranch I, rank. Well, like I'm a big jumpsuit and romper wearer. Oh yeah, but so you mm-hmm. really have to think through what. The, the third party vendor I'm going to, what is the restroom yes. like? Okay, because I will row. be fully oh, yeah. nude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to hold it. And you have to hold it. And you don't touch the ground. And like, <laughs> I mean, uh, I, uh, the summer rompers, using the bathroom in a summer romper, oh. because so often you're not, for, at least me, I'm not wearing a bra in a lot of them. So yeah. I'm just, you're just there, like, oh, waist yeah. up nude. Like <laughs> yeah. anything oh. can happen. It's a look. It's, it's a thrill. It's very alarming. And, it's kind of like the as seen on TV. Like, there's got to be a better way. Like, I feel <laughs> yeah. like there's got to be a better there way. Has to be because I literally all I wear are jumpsuits and overalls. I love and overalls. That they both force me to derobe almost entirely. Yeah, and it's a thing. That's probably why I don't drink a ton of water when I'm out and I'm like dehydrated because I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to go through this experience. Anymore. I know. I'd rather wet yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I yeah. totally understand. Yeah. They just need to. They all need to have the snaps like we're toddlers like I mean, you just go like tearaway pants i was like adidas, like adidas but then, then you've got all this time where you're like snap snap putting it back together Ugh, right that's not gonna work well even like people pretty widely pee on their spanks by accident like even mm. when it, this there's like that hole I haven't. Oh, I've never worn those. Oh, you haven't? No. So Spanx. There's a hole? You guys, uh, must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? 
I've never even heard of Shape it. Shapewear. Cute. What's a oh, Spanx? Wow. <laughs> you said Spanx, no, no, right? I've worn, I've worn Spanx before. I've never worn Spanx that have a hole in them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, full access. Oh, because you're thinking you don't want to, like, squeeze your shapewear Yeah, because, I gotcha, mean, gotcha. you're shrink-wrapped in there. It's pretty – it's tough. So there's a hole, but, like, yeah, there's Every a whole thing. Every one of them has a hole? No, only oh. select pairs. Oh, okay. <laughs> but so that's um, why you're know. saying everyone pees on their Spanx. Yeah. I didn't know if a hole was part of the Spanx experience. <laughs> it, it, it is oh, for a lot of them, the higher-end brand of shapewear. Oh, oh, I'm into it. Um, that's, like, actually hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, Lindsay, you have, like, an Instagram that's, like, a wellness character, right? I do. Uh, she's called Lil Wellness Bitch. And there was something we were talking about earlier that made me – oh, I did a – post the other day where she was really vulnerable and it said I just want to really share something in my heart for more likes I mean just to tell you guys how I'm feeling so like this character intends to parody um how unattainable and unapproachable the wellness culture can be but she does it by being ridiculous the wellness culture is overwhelming it's a thing a lot of money a lot of faux like uh like introspection, self-care, like words that are like good things being tarnished mm-hmm. by being wrapped into like an $80 face cream. Like people are like, I splurge on these products because self-care. I'm like, yeah, but. Oh man, self-care. Yeah, it's loaded. The That's least self-caring thing you can do is talk about self-care on the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like get offline, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very strange to me. Yeah. yeah the standards are just so it's high and the people that the like wellness influencers that people are following have sort of like we forget that the wellness is their job there's an influencer i like who once said she was like you guys do not need to be doing two a days i go to these classes as part of my job and sometimes i you know sit out the first 10 minutes like but if you're not but that's somebody who cares to educate her audience a lot of them are just Mm -hmm. like soul in the morning and bar in the evening and a training for marathon in the middle and then in the midst of that, I'm juicing my own celery and I'm taking 17 supplements and the things that I'm putting in my smoothie would cost a thousand dollars. And so I have hives. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so that's that's what lots of women are looking at and going, this is the only way for me to A be healthy, whatever that means, according to this only standard. And that the that's like the only way I'm actually loving myself, which to me is just so problematic. So yeah, I parody it, but I'm like it is because I believe so strongly that that shouldn't be the only narrative and that you should strip some of that down. Well, if there's like a, yeah. I think the obsession with self-care is the antithesis to self-care. <laughs> self-care. And I think yeah. that's what people like, people have a, a thousand, like you said, a thousand ingredients, a thousand routines that they're doing, a thousand, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mantras they're saying to themselves right. every day. And then it, but it, it becomes like a frantic, chaotic stressful competitive experience mm-hmm. which is the exact thing you are trying to get away from in the first place a hundred percent yeah who's that girls night in uh, they're like a newsletter and a, uh they're on social media they do a really fun job of sort of breaking some of that down uh so that's worth a follow if you guys your, want to. The, the, your character is at Lil Wellness Bitch. She's at Lil Wellness Bitch. <laughs> the, the, the icon is a jade roller. I have a jade roller. Um, so do I. Yeah, so do I. Like, I don't know, guys. Does that work? <laughs> I jade once in a blue moon, and I and I go. I have an well, ice roller, though, and I will say that that works. Really? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I mean, sometimes, I know, like, because I feel like every morning, like, every blogger is, like, Zamboniing their face. Yeah. Some, like, ginormous device. It and is. It's huge. The one you get on Amazon, it's, like, $7 on Amazon, but it is such it's ugly branding. Humongous. It's huge, and it's 
it comes in like lime, fuchsia, and bright blue. Yeah, Have you seen these? it's What's like an rolling ice roller? cookie dough. Uh-huh. You keep it in your freezer. It's just it's like a jade oh. roller, but it gets cold, so it like can depuff and like oh, it yeah. feels really good. Well, I'm not gonna go buy one now. <laughs> 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 no. Excuse me while I log into my Amazon account. Yeah, <laughs> or like Vanity Planet brushes and you know the Fab Fit Fun of it all. There's all, also those like <laughs> that subset of products we all know nobody's using. But like everyone's right. saying they're obsessed with it. God, but subscription yeah. box culture. Where is that now? Box is that culture. high, that, low, medium? Is it gone? I feel like it. It well, I so before I, uh, well, I had a company before we started Obedient, but before that, I was a VP of engagement of one of the first to market subscription box companies. Oh no way! And um, we were the first wellness one on the market. And. Uh, the original Lil Wellness Brush among us. Hi, it's your fault. Hi. You were curating, curating wellness products. Curating <laughs> wellness products and um, doing all the marketing, LinkedIn getting title. people really amped up about their That's face amazing. creams and everything. But um, but yeah, I feel like it had that like it peaked and had its heyday in I think that was 2012. And then they all went under. For the most part, most Birch of them. Birchbox isn't under. Birchbox, Birchbox stayed afloat. HelloFresh, HelloFresh, and then HelloFresh was like kind of the new second wave. HelloFresh, yeah. FabFitFun. There was like, there's other legacy boxes. There's all these other. There's a you box guys, there's for a whole everything. site. Right, there's a whole site. <laughs> I remember when like we never really know what to get my stepmom for holidays and stuff. Yeah. And so there's a whole site that's like something something box.com and you can just yeah. enter their interest. You can be like health, wellness, or Yoga or anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying all the ones in the same category, but there's multiple. <laughs> there's, for example, <laughs> anything. There's beauty or skincare. You can anything. Do, you can do something <laughs> a woman would care about. <laughs> there's snacks. There's wine. snacks, pet, wine. There's ones for men that are like, there's ones that are like scotch hippie. and like cool flannels. And yeah, there's yes. the guys love whiskey. <laughs> they like love What's whiskey. What's that wood? Man crates. Man <gasps> crates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like everything you can imagine. Now, and a lot of companies too are doing subscription boxes so you could sample their products. So yeah, it's wild. I, it's so funny because at the time it felt like the coolest, most unique yeah. offering, and it was really exciting to be part of that. And then like everybody was doing it, so where like you were just accumulating sample size shit from well, every right. single company. Now they have like Scentbird is doing perfume, and yeah, it's wild. Oh yeah, Scentbird. Yeah, the uh, it's. It, I, my understanding is that they're successful because it's essentially the business model of a planet fitness where they get you in yes. with like no money down or something free. They have your billing info. They lock you in and it's so hard to cancel. You just don't. <laughs> uh, well, what what I think like we were actually profitable uh, in the time we were running. And what was a big uh, the companies were donating the products for free, so there was no overhead That's on behalf amazing. of the back, mm-hmm. uh, on behalf of our company. And we were one of the few that were full size products, so we were not samples. So it was less like at least from my experience, the risk was less on the customer having to keep subscribing, and more that all the risk was on the brands that we were partnering with. So, like I can remember like uh, a healthy snack company giving us like at the time I think we would like. A, it was like 16,000 uh, subscribers, right? But then what was happening is that I was not involved in this, so I do not feel guilty about this, but that people who were on the sales team, because I was doing customer engagement, so I was doing all the branding, marketing, um, how do we make this uh, you know, appealing, exciting, energizing, funny, memorable, all that kind of stuff. Um, 
but uh, people were that were doing like sales with these brands were promising that it would get into the hands of X amount of people based on anticipated growth. Mm. And sometimes oh, that growth sometimes didn't come. So yeah. we would have boxes of products that were literally being like expiring. Mm. And it was horrifying to like be to bear witness to that going that costs that company so much money and that product isn't even getting into anyone's hands it's literally we we internally as a company couldn't even eat those snacks fast enough and you can't uh, yeah it was there's a lot of shady stuff that was happening in that industry so hopefully things have uh are like in a better way now but yeah i'm gonna start a um a subscription box company that rescues failing subscription boxes like imperfect <laughs> produce yes and before things expire we go in buy them at minimal price and then get them out immediately you just gotta eat it or use yeah. it right away just like second chance subscriptions. yeah <laughs> I, everyone is rescuing produce second these days <laughs> consigned i know i was also <laughs> thinking like um of buying I don't know what to get my stepmom.com I mean really that's like what a subscription boxes are for your sister-in-law your stepmom a few removed of like I don't know what they're into these days because it feels like the gift that keeps on giving because they're like two months later I still get another box and you can do like a three box and you're like you're welcome think of me every month (laughs) I know I always tell people there's no such thing as a discount code on a bunch of stuff you never wanted (laughs) (laughs) like even just because it's a good deal doesn't yeah. mean you have to have it. But if somebody else bought it for me, I'd like, I'd maybe enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I used to yeah, actually, cool. I do like Birch Box because I like beauty products. Yeah. But I think the best beauty box is Allure's beauty box. I didn't and really I suspect have one. that they get their stuff it is, so it's usually about half full size and half sample, and it's all based on the beauty editor's picks. And so I've belonged to it since January, I think, and have not been disappointed. Oh. It's $10 for your first box. And the free, I don't work for them. The free, <laughs> the free gift is a, and it's tiny. La Mer, a little La Mer cream oh, for I your would, new I member would gift. Cherish that. My little sister got, she joined last week or last month and got two La Mer products. But it literally looks like a micro oh, machine. Oh, but I was like, what's this worth? Three hundred dollars still? Like it's like the cream. Oh my god, that's so uh, funny. Uh, tr- I I go to the Nordstrom. And like wear a disguise and go to the La Mer counter. And I'm like, what's this? Let's try, try this. And they'll give you, they'll give you like a lot of stuff. A normal person would feel like they needed to purchase something. At an Estee Lauder, I'll like grab a lip balm. But at La Mer, they're, the, the barrier to entry is like $120. It's very high, yeah. And I just don't think it should be exclusive. So. <laughs> you guys, FYI, no one get me a subscription box because there's nothing more I hate than gifts. I'm not a clutter. Gift is like my like least. Really? My lowest to the low love language. And I hate clutter and I hate stuff I don't want. Like I'll just literally take the whole box and go, who can I just give this to? But you know what's tricky about people like Allie and my little sister is the same way. When they're good at giving gifts and they love to give gifts, it's very easy, especially when you're new to them, to go, they would really love this or I should really think of this. And then you blow your you know, like brain on it and they're like, thank you. And you're like, oh, shit. That hasn't happened with us, but yeah, it happens yeah. with my little sister a lot. But like, you're like, oh, that's tricky. I think like of the is. love languages, that is a tricky flip, yeah. I think. People think it, your default setting is to assume the giving and receiving language is the same thing. Like uh-huh. if you gave me a killer gift, I'd be like, oh, this is valuable to you. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I'd be so disappointed or and or stressed out because I'm a I'm not a good gift giver. Yeah. My I'm high school either. best friend, she 
like every year she says put together an amazon wish list and let me just pick off of it because i'm going to get you something <laughs> that's going to disappoint you because like she even if you say you don't want to give she has to. she feels like compelled. it's for her and i was like, like yeah i'm like low you don't need to get me anything she's like no i have to get you something it is good I, though to to remember that that for many people giving is yes. for yeah. that act for them so like let them love you in that way yes. even if you're like tossing don't, it out like she, like it. i just don't like it <laughs> i think it's cute though that she does it anyway yeah i yeah. think that's like the why the love languages are important in relationships is because you have to realize that it's not always about you my husband's a really good gift giver, but he hates gifts, and it really, it, it, there's, it feels like there's an inequity there that he doesn't <laughs> Gosh, care about, but is, I care about. Yeah. I wonder if this is true for most people who love to give gifts. What are yours? Mine are words of affirmation and physical touch. Yeah. And to speak to like our business partnership, I feel like we've learned a lot through these sort of things, like love languages and the Enneagram and all of this stuff yeah. as we've been building this business, mm -hmm. because we, I think this is like the closest I've ever come to a marriage. This like what we do if impacts one another. We mm -hmm, are like right. wholly in on this thing together. Like it's just the most intimate. It is the most intimate thing I've ever done. Yeah. I feel like with someone else day in and day out. Especially and, if your love language is physical touch. Right. She just <laughs> never touches. So give her back rubs every morning. <laughs> but because hers is quality time, I'm I don't know if you're this way because you're on social and stuff a lot. I'm on my phone more than I wish to. But a lot of times I, it's just sort of distractedness on it. But to me, if I'm like with you, I think I misunderstood quality time for a long time. Yeah, so we'd yeah. be working together, working on a lot of things. I'd be picking up my phone, doing whatever. And we had to have this whole talk where she was like, I don't feel connected to you when we're working on these things, when you're distract, that feels like not like quality time to me. Yeah. And so then I had to like develop a discipline when we're around each other to not be on my phone. Not because mm -hmm. I wasn't listening the whole time, but because of the way that she was receiving that. Yeah. So that's been interesting. I like really, uh, like that means a lot to me, right? Is that when I'm with someone, I want to be fully with them. I want to, in, you know, feel like we're both engaged. Like we both want to be here. And that, like that feels like, uh, even though it's, not, I, I recognize like cognitively that it's not a slight or it's not being, it's not dismissive. It feels like this is a wasted interaction because you're not fully present here. So like, like it's a one it's like a one-way street yes. you know no that makes total yeah. sense well whereas you could just think coexistence is all that matters right yeah. and I think maybe it's because of the way that my sisters and I are together or certain other like best friendships I've had where yeah. that to me is a great night we're both we're watching something but we like spend enough time together where we're like half on our phones half shooting like to me that's yeah. completely sufficient for like my tank and so I imagined that that yeah. is like works for other people and it just doesn't. Yeah. What are yours? I, I'm the same way with quality time. I, I just like, I like being around people, but I don't have to interact with them. <laughs> I wonder um, if that's the introvert in us. Cause in yeah. past romantic relationships, I feel like if we're touching on the couch in some way, if like, I know that like you're there, we don't have to be like locked eyes, like, right. Disc like, and it yeah. would still feel quality to me. Yeah. I like tried to lock eyes with my husband the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Why? We've been together for so long. I'm like, we don't just like stare at each other anymore. He's like, did we ever? I'm like, I don't know. I, I <laughs> tried to lock eyes is a terrifying, <laughs> terrifying Like he's thing. like bobbing and moving. Yeah. Like, nope. There's nothing that's Hiding like under the more, table. yeah, intimate than like demanding you connect, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I see, I am obsessed with like tests and personality things and like, I take or leave some of it, but what's hard is when it gets a little cliche. And that, since I'm such a person that like hates cliches, mm -hmm. I mean mm -hmm. individualists. Mm -hmm. Like the uh, 
it just that's where I have to check myself too sometimes just because it's popular doesn't mean it's lame it's popular mm-hmm. for a reason yeah yeah right. like uh, Myers-Briggs Enneagram love languages da, da, da. I feel mm-hmm. like love languages are currently getting a very um, basic cliche edit but they're so important and I actually yeah. really use and like it but I feel like I'm hearing people make fun of love languages right now as oh, if it's they, like the seven habits or like they also I feel like that's another um, lame joke device I see on dating apps or on Instagram that's like my love language is wine <laughs> oh my god is that <gasps> mommy's like, special juice is it is big of a thing or has like culture made it a thing like wine. do moms uh, love wine as much as everyone thinks moms love wine or is it just yeah, a thing that like I think they do okay I think it's I think it's also um a lampooned or like yeah. sorry a caricature yes, in a way but yeah. I think it had to come from something Mo- yeah like suburban moms love wine yes yeah it's discouraging. Um, <laughs> I'm like one tea towel away from not having children. I'm like, you have me at Merlot. I get it. Like, I don't, I, I feel it's like on the one hand, I know it's a joke, but it's right. so everywhere. It's almost like the, um, it's all the napkins, like the cute napkins you see. Yeah. Cocktail napkins are all like, it's, it's wine o'clock. Yeah. Wine <laughs> yeah. o'clock. Oh, yeah, I, it's I like, wonder if it's the, com- the combination of, a true phenomenon that then is an easy, I think it's as much true as it is something very easy to be like, lol, I pour it like, what's in this sippy cup? Yeah. <laughs> Mommy's had a, you know, like, so like juice. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. No, I know what you mean. I think the, it's kind of similar to, um, what's it called? When people think that they're saying something unique and quirky that's actually very mm-hmm. ubiquitous, it because it goes against like a standard that like used to exist, but so you should sure. not be okay to talk bad about parenting. Mm, like right. it's been okay for a while, but yeah. everyone still talks like they're doing something wrong yeah. right. or so, different. Yeah. yeah, It's kind of like how when people are like, like I have this like breaking idea of that I think that social media is like a highlight reel. And <laughs> like that we yeah. all know that. It's, it's not news that a lot of this is fake. Sure. Yeah. But right. You know, I don't know. It's yeah. When people like, are just coming around this. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything else, it is, it's but first coffee. But first, I was like, oh my God, how many times are we going to, how many shirts are we going to wear that says, but first coffee? Like, you got and your- then it's like, I drink coffee until I drink wine. There's oh, a lot right. that are like yeah, one uh-huh. to the other. And like, yeah, coffee and wine seem is, to like live in a world together. That's my truth. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, like, <laughs> I guess I haven't broadcasted it as, as much as I could for the humor of it all. But that's yeah. the other thing too, is like, for me, it's such a slow like I need, I have to be on my phone all the time. I need social media to like sell products and my podcasts, and my books and like yeah. social media like helps me get a book deal and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And doing stuff like that is pandering and it's, it, it, it's helpful. Like if I, if I was more comfortable using that sort of thing, I think I'd be more popular. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We've, we, we, can, talk- we can get you a one o'clock shirt. Maybe it'll be like, I feel like people love dog mom Sounds things. like you're whining about it. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's dog mom, like fur babies? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I, I although all mouth. I follow I on Instagram baby. are um, in baby animal accounts. It's like me and Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay, remember when we did that thing? One, two, three, screenshot what's on so, your phone right now. So we work all I of and all of our that. like employees. Everyone's yeah. um, remote. remote. So we have some people in Austin. We have uh, Costa Rica. Someone's in Costa Rica right now. So we don't have an office space. Uh-huh. And so we're on, if we're not together somewhere like Soho House or whatever, yeah. we're on the phone a ton. And so, you know, when you're really close with someone and you're there, 
on speaker and you're doing other things on your phone. We were both like, like silent. Like we knew we right. had so She was like, out. wait, screenshot what you're looking at right now. And I was on Bumble and she was, it was like a baby pig. And I Instagram. sent her a baby goat. <laughs> I sent her a baby goat and she sent me a stranger. <laughs> you were actually looking at a baby goat. That's, she follows baby animals. That's all I look at never on Instagram. Instagram. I don't. That I like don't so look at a newsfeed. I look at like I follow. I have like twenty five baby animal accounts, and I go on. I'm like, I love social media. Don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the best part of my day. Pop in there real quick, Talk baby go, baby reel. puppy, <laughs> <laughs> baby pig. Oh my god, he's so cute. He's got the zoomies, and I'm out. <laughs> that is so. So your discover page is all animals. All animals. What's your discover page? I think that's like a really funny proxy for like. Your I feel like interest. this is that's the same as like what are your recently used emojis? What's yeah. your discover page? And what's your like? What did you? What are the last five things you Google search? Yeah. Mine's baby animals and office memes, for uh, sure. That's the all. That's all. Really pleasant that place to be. I know. It's like it's kind of like you know if, if I died right now, what heaven would I want to wake right. up in? And that's that's it, pretty much. It really is nice. Wait, I love. My I want to say channel. one thing to what you were saying about this idea of if you sort of um, made jokes like that, that there would be an increase in your following, or like you know if we were open to sort of reaching. I, we talked about like this idea of being polarizing strategically mm-hmm. and how I think that's something that like our business and your business has in common is and Allie and I talk about this a lot of like we could tomorrow pivot and take and do like f- good enough marketing and branding stuff we could do it would still be creative and we could lose we could ditch the humor thing and mm-hmm. we could you know have 10 times more clients mm-hmm. it, immediately but what would that be meaningful to us is that the kind of like in two years, even if I woke up like on a bed made of hundos, would I be like, I'm like so excited to wake up and I feel this is so true mm-hmm. to me and the, the deepest part of my talents and I'm bringing something into the world that I care about. And I think that can be a really hard thing when you're a creator or a creative entrepreneur or running your own stuff is to go, gosh, I'm watching all of these people, you know, do this stuff that I think is sort of like watered down or like the, sh- the sheep all love it. Like mm-hmm. maybe I could do that. But I think there are certain types of people, creatives especially, who would not, who would ultimately be very unhappy yeah. if your reach grew without it being your type of people. Yeah. Don't you just think that that's yeah. true? And we always, Lindsay and I always talk about too, is like, like integrity is the, the most important. I, I mean, I, I'll speak for myself, but I know Lindsay's on board too. It's like having integrity in what you do and who you are, to me, should be your baseline value for mm-hmm. running a business. And integrity to me says you don't play to the lowest common denominator just because you know it works. You do what you actually care about, what you actually value, what you believe in, because at some point, like your misery will show through, your discomfort will show through, you will, you might get a blitz of success, but you can't sustain it because it's not real. So I think that there is a risk in, in, you know, in choosing integrity over contrived authenticity. Mm -hmm. But if you're valuing your life and your career beyond just you know eyes or dollars and think like what's the full picture that I care about it's like a choice that should be a no-brainer you know it's a great way to put it integrity it it, it takes it from like a superficial decision Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. like a long-term strategy yeah totally because it because on your bad days on my bad days I'm like I just need to make money so Mm -hmm. that I can just do things I like and pay for them Mm -hmm. and then on my good days I'm like I'm willing to wait you know, the Aaron Burr of it all. Yeah. I feel like that's a very common play. I feel like I've felt that way since I've been self-employed mm-hmm. with obedient and before. 
of that there are days when I'm like, wouldn't that be nice to leave work at work to just to know that every Friday was the same type of payday to X, Y, Z. And so there are days, on, I feel like on bad days, you go, wouldn't that be the life? And then very, very quickly, I'm able to go, oh my goodness, I'm doing what I love. I'm the boss. Like mm -hmm. I'm like all of those things. But I think it's a really natural oh, thing yeah. to go back and forth and between. We, and we know people personally who have, uh, you know, they have kind of that play to the lowest common denominator successful brand and we know that they are not really at the level they say they are and we know that they are very unhappy we know that there are a lot of you know it looks like it's dressed up to look a certain way but it doesn't really actually feel that way internally so like mm. they are feeling the gap between the their the self that they're presenting or the business they're presenting and the one that actually is real and existing that's so true I, I I think, well, because I wrote Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star because I was like bitter and hating social media mm -hmm. and I like never used it. And mm -hmm. I, I, I it, but it's like if you're not succeeding in digital, for somebody like me, you're not succeeding. Like mm -hmm. I didn't have a choice, but I, I was overcomplicating it. And now what I tell people, I'm like, the only filter I run anything through every day is am I having fun? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, I'm just off of it. Like I'll leave it for the day. Mm -hmm. I won't do it. Yeah. And the second I just was like, it doesn't need to make sense. It doesn't need to be on brand. It doesn't need to be like all these other things because the common denominator is there my genuine interest and that is me and that is my yeah, brand. Yeah, for sure. And eventually, it, like, so it will all make sense to anybody who like understands me. And I just think that like sometimes the la a lack of, for social media presence when you're trying to build, mm. a lack of strategy can be the best strategy because that's authenticity right. authenticity as a strategy it, it's kind of it's tough advice to get because everybody says that who's successful it's like just be yourself <laughs> right. and I'm like I get it mm -hmm. but it, it really is a function of like just asking yourself well I ask myself is this fun and is this person leaving this like feeling bad or feeling worse mm -hmm. right and those are like the two things I care about but I, right. I I think social media you can really overthink sometimes well I'm glad like you talked me out of you know posting a meme about Lady Gaga saying there could be 99 people in a room. <laughs> My God. That what was the one I saw that was over and over again? It was like, the oh, it was, it was um, no, the Marie Kondo oh, yeah, yeah. Um, quote oh, that everyone joy. stole. It was like, it was not you don't joy. know, maybe 17 pairs of yoga pants does Bark joy, Marie. You don't know me. Maybe, and when I found my two bookcases, do when I joy, found yeah. 100 people that had just redesigned it in their brand colors and posted it as their own. I saw one the other day that was like, don't ever let anybody tell you that you're chips and salsa, baby girl. You're guac. Oh, no. oh wow, that's like a I new. Almost, that's I almost a new threw one. Up a little saying it. It's 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 not it's it's poorly written. It's not funny. It doesn't really <laughs> make sense. That's profound. It's <laughs> profound. And I feel like, like, isn't like there a pineapple people, one. People love guacamole, and that's just like oh, what man. they're doing. And I'm oh, allergic yeah. to avocados, and frankly, feel left out. <laughs> Well, you got to find you're your like, new dip. Don't, you're like, don't Ran anyone tell me I'm guacamole. Ranchriot.com. Oh, no. Ranch, ranch rave. Riot. Ranch rank. Ranch rank. Rave, ranch rank. rave like, and riot. What is Allie doing with her ranch? <laughs> like crusaders. <laughs> ranch riot's like a music festival. Ranch riot. I kind of like that. Honestly, yeah. Like I might have a competitive uh, company I, I 
like create ranch. People love ranch. I'm kind of mad because now it's like the ma- basic, bitch, like basic bitches mascot. Oh, and I, I feel like, like I've really always loved it before I don't feel it was like cool. Ranch has gotten it yet. <laughs> I'm the fan of the indie band that's <laughs> upset with ranch selling out. I bet you've actually probably never heard of it. It's called Ranch. ranch. <laughs> heard of like DMing Hidden Valley. You've changed. <laughs> My dad used to make. I was at your basement show in 2002. <laughs> Oh my gosh, guys, I've had you here for so long and you're so nice to do this podcast. No, this was so this great. fun. I want to make sure I um, did justice to your podcast because it's, it, it, Erotica was huge. Yeah, I it mean, was fun. You guys are like legit and yeah. way more legit than I am. And I just want, I want people to know what it is and where they can get the back episodes and what's happening with Fangasm too. Yeah, so Erotica became Fangasm. So right. all the backlog of, of stories are on our podcast still. So yeah, Fangasm, we read erotic pop culture fan fiction. Our first eight seasons were Harry Potter. Then we pivoted. Eight seasons? Yeah, we pivoted <laughs> to the Is that the how office. many books there are? No, well, fan fiction is basically any can, anyone can write fan fiction. And people who are fans of a fandom, they take their favorite characters and they write them in alternative situations Mm -hmm. and universes. So we scour the internet, find these ridiculous stories. We don't read them in advance. And we reach out to the authors once we kind of look at, you know, is everyone consenting of age, certain length of the story, and we get the author's approval to read it live on air for the first time. What if it was written in like 2006 on Live Journal? It wa- very often was. How do you reach yeah, those people? So it is, it's really hard to get approval because there's so many stories that were written a decade and a half ago. Mm. But um, yeah, we uh, we started with Harry Potter and then now expanded into other fandoms. So we just did season nine and 10 are The Office, and then we are doing Game of Thrones is our newest oh one. Oh my gosh, that's layered. Which is bananas. And we're going to keep expanding. We'll, we'll do like a Buffy and Marvel and all these wild scenarios. But they're... We're reading them for the first time and making comedic commentary. So our reactions are real time. They are the craziest, wildest, most ridiculous stories in the world. And they're so fun. And everyone in our community is such a good sport. It is, it is this thing that Lindsay, when Lindsay and I started it, it was just like a funny idea we had. Mm-hmm. And we did a few episodes. Then we brought in one of our buddies. And he now is a third co-host for us. And we had no idea it would turn into this thing that it did. Like I mean, the Harry Potter fandom is the largest in the world, right? For sure. Like, so it makes sense that like the amount of people who love it, but then on top of that, they have to have a sense of humor. Yes. they have to be willing to like because it's they're erotic stories, but they're not. I mean, you're not turned sexy. on. Yeah, you're not definitely not getting like hot <laughs> over these stories. I mean, but yeah, it's they're very X-rated, very X-rated. But I think the fun thing about fan fiction is like you love this series, you get to continue it, you get to like. You know, the they were students in the books, and most of these take place where they're in like their twenties and getting their first jobs, mm-hmm. or like in different universes and stuff, mm-hmm. or couples that never got together. So that's mm. a, that's a huge reason yeah. people write fanfics. They're like, I think so and so and so and so should have been together. Yeah. So I'm going to write a whole story as though that were true. And so that so people all have their ships they care. Yeah, about. they love ship. Their yeah. Stan culture, ship culture, uh-huh. Tumblr it's, culture. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a thing. So. Yeah, fan fangasm podcast. It's a wild, wet and wild world, and it's really so. We have like a Patreon, which are all of our like quickie stories, which are like yeah. one to four episodes. Good. I love that you haven't read it before. I that's, don't think I realized that. That's the fun part about it because well, you just don't <laughs> know like, what's oh, gonna right. happen. Like we we know that there's sex. We know the characters for the most part that are in it. But man, we have, <laughs> and also too like. 
I think we grew up very, you know, I'm Catholic. Lindsay grew up Christian. <laughs> There's some things that we're reading. We don't even know what they are. <laughs> yeah. Like we I, thought we were reading about water sports. Do you know what that is? Do you know Actually, what that where is? Pe- people pee on each other. Didn't, oh, didn't no. know that. I was like, like tubing? No. Yeah. So we so start we doing a dumb riff. A whole riff on like <laughs> water skiing, jet skiing, kayaking. And Danny's like, do you guys not know what water sports are? We're like, no, never heard uh, of it. He was like, do you not know what water sports are? I was like, of course. I grew up in Minnesota on a lake. I know yeah, what water sports like, are. We love like, water no. sports. Like, we're great wake riders. <laughs> I, the internet's oh, that's a fantastic. Hi. Have we sold yet? yet? <laughs> it's a perfect way, to, perfect way to end this. So, so and then a high. Like, what would be like what a, would you be your fandom? A fandom that you um, love. I think that a show. Uh, a show with really interesting character development and a high volume of characters that could intermingle as Gilmore Girls. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fillmore Girls. We've thought about that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the cover art of our podcast all has like, puns. <sighs> um, guys, you're the best. Where can people find you? So obedient is obedientagency.com and at obedientagency on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Fangasm podcast.com and fangasm podcasts anywhere else on social. Are you... F- are are you starting an obedient podcast? We are, yeah. Because be people probably like the business talk. I want them to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, if you're into business talk and <laughs> constant slogans, just kidding, it'll be normal. Uh, it's called Fun Cells, and it will probably be coming out early this summer, and we are going to be interviewing brands and creatives who have done um, humor-based projects. Oh, that's so So we so sort of want to cast... We want to have the dialogue, but not have to just be like, so in this case study of our work, we want to like talk to other people who are doing that, what like roadblocks they ran into, why they chose humor, like the reaction and the results. Well, um, thank thank you. you for having us. This was so fun. Oh my God. Thank you. I, I look forward to one day giving you all my money to brand my life and my products and everything I do because you, you we'll guys find are a way to cla- I know that oh, yeah, we will all we work totally together. Will. It'll happen. Okay. Can't wait. Yay. Love right. you. Everything happens for a Riesling. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs> <laughs> oh.